everyone and welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We are your host. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. And before we get started, we have kind of been hinting around um, about something kind of big that was happening for our podcast. Obviously, if you were following us on social media, you kind of already knew um, because we really couldn't keep a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had the opportunity to be interviewed by Meredith at the Shreveport Times, um, which is a local newspaper here, obviously. Uh, and we had some pretty cool pictures taken of us in the Oakland Cemetery here, which, again, if you were on social media, I did, like, a little tour while I was waiting for the pictures to be taken. It was awesome. Yeah. I have, like, a love affair with that cemetery, I feel like I should probably find my senior pictures that I was telling y'all about that I took in the cemetery. It was really <laughs> cool, though. It's just like there's a bunch of hills and a bunch of different. We saw a lot of people with Crystal's last name. There was oh, yes, a, a lot, lot of Smiths. Smiths. There was a, a lot, lot. A lot. It was. It's fun. Um, our pictures were awesome. I really did look like I was going to mess somebody up. Like We both just look like we are not happy at all. Well, like, she we're told so, us, yeah, she she told said us to be serious. And then looking back, I realized that I may have been too serious. Like, I took the serious thing to heart. But you know what? I don't know. I still kind of like it. It looked really looked nice. Cool. It's really nice. Um, definitely looked like we were a girl rock band it does that's literally what my mind goes to like we could be like the still magnolias or something like some kind of <laughs> i love it. something oh speaking oh gosh okay actually not not even gonna do it i'm not gonna do the long intro today we are just gonna have to be like what is she talking about i really want to <laughs> know and you're gonna have to wait so i'm sorry um anyway thank you to everyone who has liked followed written sweet comments everything that you've done for our little community um it's really cool to know that you know we've got our name out there a little bit and if you're listening to this because you found our podcast via the Shreveport Times thank you so much we hope you enjoy it here um if not I'm sorry yeah I we know uh, we're not everybody's type there's probably gonna be some people that are like wow they suck <laughs> yeah I don't know we're not everybody's type but you know we're not here to please everybody we're here just to kind of make it feel like while you're working or you're i don't know driving around somewhere or cleaning your house grocery shopping i listen to a lot of podcasts when i'm grocery shopping because i put my headphones in because i don't want anyone to talk talk to me me. yeah yeah um so yeah if you're doing any of that and you just need to have some background noise or you just want to feel like you're hanging out with some friends that's what we're here for um we also want to make sure we give a huge shout out and thank you to our friend chris from the all y'all podcast Um, which is also based here in North Louisiana. He is the one who passed along our information to Meredith and got us in contact with her. Um, We've actually done an episode with him as well, too, so be sure to check that out. It was awesome. Um, And if you don't follow Chris on Twitter... You are, I heckin' love Chris. He is so just like. I don't have, I mean, I have Twitter, but I don't, like, get on Twitter. I follow him on my personal and our podcast Twitter, and he is just, like, the most, like, he says what he's feeling, and it's hilarious, and it's so relatable, and I just love the love that he has for hip-hop music. It's just, he's, (laughs) I I love him. I text Chris and be like, hey, (laughs) how's life? What are you doing? How's school? He's awesome. How's your girlfriend? Like, all this kind of stuff. Like, I'm that. Like, I don't follow yeah well like me him and meredith just like had this long twitter 
I I chain I guess yesterday we were just like talking about the article uh-huh. and it was just funny and I'm he basically look it up now. He basically said the same thing you said about the picture. He just like badass <laughs> and yeah, I do. Funny. I do. My uh, brother used a very explicit term to describe how I looked. Um so yeah, anyway, um so just yeah welcome to all of our new instagram followers um we hope you stick around we're really happy to have you here yeah we uh we had like what 30 new instagram like followers? in one day yes it was yes crazy. yeah and a lot of new subs on youtube yeah. so um we're not gonna be giving you a long intro we're just gonna jump into things today um on today's episode bethany is gonna tell us about a cold case from 1966 so going back some um in tallahassee florida because it's florida week y'all um again if you're new around here every month we alternate one week uh last week of every month is either a florida week or louisiana this month is obviously florida so it means next month i will be presenting a case from louisiana um and i went from having no prospects to like 15 overnight i'm not even kidding i've had so many overnight (laughs) i've literally had two people message me about cases which have they given me like four total now but there's also like rabbit holed into like finding other stuff and so i have more than enough now so i'm going to have some for the rest of the year yeah and i posted that poll about what we should do for the twitch stream next yes. month and you called it it was like i told you it was gonna be i the mean cult. there was a, a lot of choices for the second one but mm-hmm. a lot of, yeah cults are always popular yeah anyway so we're gonna hand it over to her it's a crazy unsolved case it's florida week so bethany take it away Okay, so for this week's episode, we're going to talk about the Sims family murder. And I'm just going to tell y'all, it's not the the video game. Because contrary to... (laughs) No, I'm trying not to make this a joke because it is serious. But when I did my research, y'all know I love my YouTube. And I was watching a lot of YouTube videos about it and reading articles. And the comment section under uh, this one girl's video that I watched... I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Uh, but it was like, I came here because I thought this was a tip on Sims or like how to make a Sims family. And I was like, read the room, people. Read the room. But I was like, I mean, there's a time and a place. We've all done the Sims family murder though. Yeah. I've murdered my entire Yeah. And they literally thought it was like how different ways to like, yeah, different ways to murder your family on Sims. And the girl was like, no, this was an actual family that was... Murdered and their last name was Sims. I'm not so I'm not laughing. I just had to include that because it was wild and some people just be wilding on YouTube, but it is still unsolved today. So I'm just gonna let y'all know this is not gonna have an ending. It's a cliffhanger. I'm so sorry. I promise you this family probably wishes they had justice mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, it's unfortunate. We've done a lot of cases like this recently where like it's unsolved, so maybe yes. that's our new, like, niche. Um, but I'm going to do this kind of a little bit different. We're just going to, like, go through it together. It was a Saturday night on October 22nd, 1966 in Tallahassee, Florida. Us Floridians call it Tallahassee. Tallahassee now in 2022 and Tallahassee in the 1960s is a completely different beast even though i am talking about a murder in the 1966 but this was like one of the like first and like major ones the biggest one that had happened like tallahassee was still kind of 
tame then. Like, it was, this was not normal. Like, people didn't really lock their doors back now. Now, it, you'd be absolutely insane not to lock your door in Tallahassee. I've never even been, so. You're not, I'm sorry. I'm anything. sorry if you're from Tallahassee. Like, I've gone there. Like, I went and played volleyball camps there a lot every summer. And it is really nice campus, but, eh. Um, but. If you love T-Pain like me, and I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, I'm a huge T-Pain. Spoiler alert, if you've never watched the, I think, first season of Mass Singer, or second season. I think it's the first. He was, he won. He was so good. He won, and I was so pissed that people didn't know it was T-Pain. Like, me and Zach were watching it, and as soon as the first song, I was like, that's T-Pain. Oh, really? Tyler <laughs> and I had no idea. I knew. I knew. I was like, that's T-Pain. Zach's like, yeah, it is sound like T-Pain. And I was like, how? He doesn't just use auto tune, people. But if you love T, he was really good. Yeah, he has really good voice. If you love T Pain like I do, um, his sounds like no one does. I guess. (laughs) Um, his hometown is Tallahassee. He is from Tallahassee, Florida. I feel like I would have never. I feel like I knew that, but if someone asked me in like a quiz, I would have never got that right. I feel like if you're Florida, he says it in his songs, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he mentioned Florida a good bit. I was bit. saying, like, I yeah. know he, that feels like... And we're going to talk about his name, and you'll, it, like, How it'll make sense. How are we going to connect T-Pain Okay, so, a little backstory on T-Pain's name. The letter T in his name literally stands for Tallahassee. Okay, I guess that. And Payne, he's done a couple of, like, interviews about it, and talking about, like, uh, like, growing up in the 80s, growing up in the 90s, and the early 2000s, before he, like got his record deal and got out pain literally represents the the pain he went through growing up in tallahassee the struggle constantly grinding constantly worrying about if you're gonna get shot or stabbed Jesus. where he's gonna stay he was homeless for a little bit oh um using a little bit of the money he had to do like uh recording studio time mm-hmm. um and that's how he recorded his first couple of songs and kind of got popular so, yeah, that's just a little fun fact on T-Pain's name and him being a Floridian. So, we got T-Pain and we got Florida. Florider. everybody knows who Florida is. Florida. You'd be surprised how many people didn't know that Florida is Florida. No. no. Yes. Baby, when I was like yes. 13 or however old I was, I, I even put that together. Put those, put those together. I mean, it's not like how like, Louisiana has like a little boozy, but like it's still like. Well... We, well, okay. Got, In Shreveport, we got Hurricane Chris. Yes, I love we Hurricane all, Chris. We're all going to be doing the A-Bay-Bay. That was my favorite in high school. I'm not going to lie. At work, I had to do a, like, they did, like, a little thing. It's like, where did you grow up or whatever. And it took everything inside of me not to put that this was, like, the birthplace of, of a hurricane. hurricane. Because I was so scared that somebody would know him and be Halle like. Barrett. That's a good yeah, song. Yeah. I, was, well, I was just concerned that somebody wouldn't know it. And then no. I was like, you know, maybe I should have because then I could have just, like, inserted the video of him dancing in front of the grocery store that I can't mm-hmm. love it in his music video, and it's just iconic. Yeah. But, but anyways, that's a little backstory on T-Pain. I just had to include that because we were talking about Tallahassee, and I, I figured some people didn't know. But I just think it's random that we talked about T-Pain, but I love it. It's like we're a It was Tallahassee. Like, yeah. yeah, Tallahassee, so I had to. I don't think we've talked about... Well, the only other thing about Tallahassee is... Ten years after this happened is when Ted Bundy came to Tallahassee and ruined no, we Tall- don't care about Ted Bundy. and ruined Tallahassee again, or ruined Florida again. 
But, um, anyways, there's going to be other useless facts in this. I'm just warning y'all. Because it was a shorter episode, so I felt obligated to add some, I don't know, buffers, fillers. But that I felt like that was cool. Okay, moving on. <laughs> 17-year-old Norma Sims. Her name is Norma Jeanette. Okay. Okay, I like it. But, in a lot of stuff, you're going to see her referred to as Virginia. I think they just have their research wrong. But her name is Norma Jeanette Sims. She's 17 years old. The Sims family have three daughters. Okay. The oldest is Judith. She was away at college. She was okay. grown, so she's not home during this. Um, but Norma had been babysitting for a nearby family so the parents could attend the Florida State game. Okay. Florida State is yeah. Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, fun fact, I did some research. Again, here's another buffer, another filler. Um, they were playing Mississippi State that night. I had to go back in the archives for Florida's date. <laughs> I was curious. Um, Who were they I was up really late doing the research for this, but yeah, in October 1966, they were playing. Who Miss- won? It was ten and zero. Florida State won. <laughs> <laughs> Florida State won. Um, I just that was my next question. Who won? Yeah, I just. Anyways, I just had to look that up. I was like, because like on all the research, it was like. They thought this is why it happened because literally everybody was focused on the game. Like everybody was away watching Uh it or they were home watching it. Yeah. So this was like the time to like, I guess, prance. Yeah. That's a bad way to describe it. But um, Florida State people take it very seriously, just like Alabama. But yeah, they played Mississippi and they crushed them. Didn't know. When she got home later... That night, she couldn't find anyone. She, like, walked in the door and, like, expected them to be, like, watching, you know, the end of the game or, mm-hmm. like, a movie or something, and nobody was around. Um, she expected to see her little sister because it was a weekend, so, you know, little kids don't really... She was 12 years old. They don't really go to bed early, and it was odd that nobody was around, but the TV was still on, um, which made her kind of walk around the house. She went to the kitchen. She, like, went to her sister's room. Um, and normally, you know, you, like, you turn off the TV if you're all going to bed. And you, mm-hmm. like, turn the lights on. All the lights were on. My printer is some doing. Okay. Me and Crystal have heard, like, the, five the different end. noises in the office since we came in here. The closet, like, rustled. And now my printer is randomly... I'm freaked anyway, out, but we're just going to ignore, ignore it. it. Yeah. If you're Anyways. a ghost in here, I'm sorry. Finally, she couldn't find anybody, so... What is happening? Is something printing? No. Okay. If I hope y'all heard that. There's your little spooky moment. Oh, my gosh. I am terrified right now. Anyways. Um, I'm so... Should I unplug it? No, it's okay, fine. Okay. Maybe it's just... Just don't look at it. Okay. Um, Finally, she walked to the end of the hall because her parents' bedroom was at, like, the very... It was, like, at the very back of the house. So, she had already walked over to the house. And she had kind of been, like, calling their names, you know. Her mom or dad's name and her little sister's name. And nobody was answering. So, she opened the door to really nothing like a teenager wants to see. I Like, a grown man shouldn't, wouldn't want to see this. Um, her 12-year-old sister, Joy Lynn was laying on the floor kind of in the corner uh far right corner of her parents bedroom she was shot once in the head 
She was wearing her nightgown, which makes me think like this person like barged in as they were mm-hmm. like getting ready for bed. I don't, I don't know, or maybe they were just lounging in their PJs while they watched TV. Um, and uh, she had also been stabbed six times in the stomach. Oh my! Lord. Like the lower stomach. She would be the only one that was stabbed. I wonder why. Oh yeah, I do too. W- overkill like was she the intended target was it a child predator was she just like the youngest one so she like put up a fight like i don't know but she was shot once in the head and she was the only one stabbed and it was six times so jesus and slightly across the room on the carpet a lot a little bit further away from joy um norma found her mother 34 year old helen and they were all blindfolded and like tied like hog tied hold up how does a 34 year old have a kid in college she was had her well norma norma was 17 and i think judith it didn't say judith could be from like her dad is older so Judith could be from a previous marriage. It didn't really say. There wasn't a lot on them because after this, they never did any interviews. Oh, they dang never. It. They never did any interviews. They did, never did any tele television. No, nothing. And they just kind of let the case go cold. They were teenagers. Okay, yeah. And traumatized, and they didn't really have any other family. They had an aunt. That's and sad. they had an aunt and an uncle, and that was it. And the aunt and uncle were around their age. So, oh, wow. I am assuming maybe dad is like almost 10 years older than mom. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I don't know. They're just. Okay. Um, There's some creepy stuff happening in my office right now. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot because they said that they did not want to like be a part of it. They were really scared. I think they were afraid the killer would come back for them. Yeah, I can. But like that. even today, like there's like they don't even know where these people went after this. That's horrible. So, yeah, but she did find her mom, thirty four year old Helen, blindfolded and shot twice in the head. Jesus. Um, mom was the only one shot twice. They all okay. like died from different things but like yeah her mother was miraculously still alive i don't know how you yeah i don't know how you survive getting shot twice in the head but anyways and on the bed um and it was totally 60s the bedroom was like the the carpet was like this dark chocolate brown and then they had a (laughs) and then they had a beige carpet over the uh carpet a rug you mean a rug I kind of love it, though. And then the bedspread was, like, these, like, uh, not pastel, but, like, 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 taupe and light browns and grays flowers. Oh, I love it. It was very 60s, even though it was, like, very horrific scene. I just felt like it was, mom definitely decorated for the decade. <laughs> um, but on the bed, <clears throat> her father, 42-year-old Robert, was also blindfolded, and he was just shot once in the head. Hmm. Why are they blindfolded, though? And, like, they were, like, hogtied. But, like, dad shot once, mom shot twice in the mm-hmm. head, and then the little sister is shot in the head and stabbed six is times. Is she blindfolded? Yes, they were all blindfolded. All blindfolded and uh, tied up. But, yeah. Both her father, which her father 
kind of was alive when she got there, but he passed before they even got him, like, into the ambulance. So, do they think that maybe she got there, like, right after the killer left? Yeah, they're pretty sure. They're pretty sure, like, he had, like, the person had been there a little... They think the killer got there, like, after she left to go babysit. Uh Or maybe, like, a little bit after, and he had, like, not been gone that long. Or could still be, like, outside the house watching. And I hate to bring this up, but we're 100% certain that she had nothing to do with it. Yes, she okay. didn't have a boyfriend. I'm, she yeah, I'm not trying to didn't. like guilt. I no, I mean is. my mind went there too because it was very odd. But no, like it, we're gonna talk about it later. But there was like nothing for them to go on. Okay. And the entire community, we'll get there. We'll get there. But anyways, I don't know. It was just a lot. Her dad was slightly alive when she got there, but he passed a few minutes later. Her sister was dead when she got there. I mean, she'd been shot in the head, stabbed six times. There's no way a 12-year-old survives that. Mom is still alive, so she's kind of panicking. And after this horrific sight, Norma went into panic. She's a 17-year-old that just walked in, and her entire family has been shot, and half of them are dead. So, obviously. And she began calling anyone she could to help her. There were some people, especially at the police department, that thought Norma handled this wrongly. But, y'all, she's 17 years old. She had just been babysitting. She comes home. Her family is is dead, basically. Mm-hmm. How is she supposed to... It's because she doesn't call 911 directly, which 911 hadn't really been wasn't really a thing was it, it I was when, i don't know when 911 started. it was but this was 1966 and like i told you like my grandparents house didn't even have a road name it was like houses back then had a number so sometimes it took a while for them to like figure out where you were mm-hmm. so her first call was to the beavis i hope that's how you say it or bevis i don't know nobody really pronounced it i'm saying beavis like beavis you know beavis butthead yeah the beavis funeral home for their ambulance service okay so they're like an um, ambulance service that could like take you to the hospital or, or like just take you to, to a funeral, funeral. funeral home yes so they could do either or yes okay that makes um sense. yeah it's and weird that she just randomly has that number or did she have to like look it up in the phone book? I'm pretty sure she probably looked it up in okay. the phone book. God, that gives me so much like Fla- anxiety. Yeah. Or and she or she asked the uh, operator. operator. A lot of people don't remember that, yeah, but yeah, we used to have operators. Um, another little fun fact: before the 1970s, remember this was 1966. A lot of funeral homes actually picked people up in ambulances. It wasn't even the hospitals; it was the funeral homes. Well, That's I mean, hospitals. Hospitals did. But maybe for like smaller areas. Smaller areas. And this was Brevard County in Tallahassee. Not a big not a big county. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the the uh, funeral homes offer this service. It was also a part of capitalism, another way for them to make money. Stack on money. Um, but yeah, and a hearse was actually originally used as an ambulance. Makes yeah, sense. it was. It wasn't just for picking up, you know, and transporting those that had passed. It later they realized that the way it was made wasn't ideal because people really couldn't get in to help and the like, people. Maybe, it was yeah. just for transporting. So then they're like, okay, we'll just use this for transporting, transporting the dead. dead. Yeah, um, and it actually wasn't until the mid nineteen seventies we had paramedics. Hmm. This was specifically for Europe. Um, that's just what I was reading, um, it, like in the like in Switzerland and uh, France and stuff. Nineteen seventies were like when paramedic classes 
really becoming a thing and then it kind of carried on to the u.s and that's stuff pretty cool. I didn't know so that. yeah that's why i think she called them and i don't know why the cops are being butts but i, I mean, guess it's something we could ask our grandparents about be like hey yeah. in the 60s and 70s if you had an emergency, emergency who did you, you call? call like yeah. if somebody was dead i mean they had an ambulance service so i mean i feel like she did the right I wonder if they had, thing. like, little things like how people do now. They send you, like, fridge magnets that have phone numbers on it for stuff for you to call. Oh, I wonder yeah. if they did that. That's kind of cliche. I hope yeah. they didn't do that. I mean, me and Crystal were literally, before we started recording, we are having a conversation about how our 911 drastically needs to be updated. Oh, because so you have to call, like, five. If it's not an emergency, you can't just like call 911 or they're going to call gonna the get, non-emergency non-emergency line they're going to tell you ma'am you need to call a non-emergency or if you number. need like animal animal control that's another number mm-hmm. or like if you have a family member that works at the dispatch center and you can't call their cell phone you need to call another number like i've had to do that with my husband sometimes he can't answer his phone and i have to go through like five different numbers to get his office number because i can't just call 911 and be like hey uh, yeah dinner. what time are you coming home i'm yeah. making dinner you know stuff like that so i don't know but um none of this made any sense to the community they were your literal average suburban family in the 60s white family in a nice home uh dad was a doctor he okay, actually bougie. worked for the education system oh, um and it was just they were not you know on the radar I guess. Yeah, they weren't anything nothing scandalous. high profile. Yeah, nothing scandalous happened. There was no danger. They weren't involved in drugs or, like, you know, stuff like that, crime. They were just normal, normal family. Yeah. That's so scary. So, the cops, the community, it shocked them. It rocked Tallahassee. This is the case that, like, made people start locking their doors. Made parents afraid for their children to go, like, babysit other families because what if somebody breaks in, you yeah. know? Like, uh... I'll be cliche here. The Halloween movies where, uh-huh. like, it's always their babysitting someone and, you know, freaking Michael Myers props up and he's, like, killing all the teenagers. So, this was kind of, this was the case that kind of, I guess, made Tallahassee. 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 Because <laughs> a lot of crimes started happening after this, Yeah. Um, it cracks me up when people aren't from Florida and I tell that to them and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's go I feel like it. I've heard it before. Like, I think I've heard somebody call it that. I'm before. pretty sure it's in a, in a music video or something. I'm pretty sure T-Pain's probably said it. Yeah, I don't know. Cause like when you said it, it didn't feel like the first, first time, time I ever had it. I was like, ah, I feel like I could have known Very that. rarely do I even say Tallahassee. I yeah. always say Tallahassee. I don't know. No offense to y'all that it's live like there. Here, we call it Ratchet City. Yeah. I equivalent, yeah. Yeah. That is agree. No offense, because I did spend a lot of my summers there. I was very much, I literally at one point in my life thought I was going to play professional uh, volleyball. Did not happen for me. Um, plot twist. Um, <laughs> and I went to Florida State and the University of Florida a lot during summer for, like, travel ball and, like, just summer camp and stuff. So I did spend some time in Tallahassee. Um, but, yeah, it's just a running joke for Floridians, so floridians yeah wait what did i call floridians the other day floridians Flor- or something like floor i don't remember <gasps> yeah nights florida nights yeah florida nights that's their new name anyways i literally could not find a single negative thing about them none of the reports 
None of the neighbors, everyone, literally, they went and asked everybody in this town. And they all had something nice to say. Well, see, that makes me more suspicious because who has everything nice about them? Like, I don't know. It was I suspicious. Like I could say something negative about anyone. Yeah, but literally none of them did. I don't know. That's weird, okay. Maybe because it's the 1960s. Maybe so. I don't know. They were extremely kind. They did a lot of volunteer work. The children did a lot of good stuff at the school. Um, they were heavily involved in the church. Mrs. Sims was actually the secretary at the local Baptist church. Jeez. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> postcard, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of scary, actually. Um, uh, what's that book? And they made it a movie. Um, where the wives are robots. Oh, Stepper uh, Wives. Yeah, Stepper Wives vibes. Very kinda. much so. Um, the director himself, Russell Beavis uh-huh. of the Beavis Funeral Home, uh, and his son, uh, his teenage son, were actually the ones to oh, respond God, to it. Kid. Because, like I said, stuff like this didn't happen. Yeah. So he felt obligated to, like, go himself. Um, and they brought the ambulance and stuff, and they were helping them. And there honestly wasn't a lot they could do. Um, they were shot in the head, stabbed. At yeah. this point, they were transporting two bodies to their funeral home, and then one body had to be somewhat transferred to the hospital. Um, but they first untied the bodies just out of respect and to see if there was anything to do. Like, because, like I said, they were hogtied. Were they doing it, like, in a way to, like, see if they could provide any help to them? Yes. Okay. They were. And to this day, that's what they say. But later on, it would kind of get him somewhat in trouble with the Brevard County Police Department because they felt like it tampered with the crime scene and the evidence. But they were just trying to help. And I really think these police officers were just being uh, buttholes. Yeah. I mean, mean, even today, if paramedics come to a scene, they still check the bodies. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they would untie the bodies if they knew they were dead. But this was also the 60s, and there weren't really pedima- paramedics yet. And no offense to people, but people didn't have the same kind of forensic knowledge that they have today. And it was probably like panic. And it wasn't because they weren't stupid. Like It was just like, it, I need help. Yeah. But Mr. Sims, by the time the ambulance got there, had passed, and mm-hmm. Joy was already dead dead when they got there so i don't know and mrs sims of course needed to be transported to the hospital immediately Mm -hmm. so that was kind of their main focus and the scene literally left them with nothing to go on they did find like a small amount of dna um but this was 1966 everything came back inconclusive like do you mean dna is in like just like biological material because they didn't even real have so, dna testing so they didn't say and i think they did that out of respect to the family and i am just gonna say it people will probably roast it for me i think something inappropriate happened to the little girl oh that's sad so like you so, so you think that like i they do had think sperm like, but they couldn't, obviously, they didn't have DNA they, testing back then, so they, they couldn't test that. They couldn't really test it, and they never really said it in the paper or anything. They just, I think they were just doing that. Out of respect. One, it was the 60s. Nothing like this had happened in Brevard mm-hmm. County. I mean, obviously, people had been murdered. Murder has happened since the beginning of time. Uh, like, you know, Cain and Abel. Uh, but, I mean, that's literally, is that not the first murder? Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's what it is. 
I'm just mentioning it because I know there's going to be some people like Crystal that were curious. It is very sad. I'm not going to go into detail. I mean, like if it if they found biological material, like if you that's the only thing I biological material. It's either sperm, spit. I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming it was Joy Lynn because she was the only one that was stabbed. Yeah. Differently, I really do think, and that's. She was the intended target. I feel like stabbing somebody is way different than just shooting someone in the head. Like, that is so much more personal. I think he shot the dad first Mm -hmm. because he had the single gunshot wound and he was, like, basically almost dead when he got there. And then he probably shot the mom and then he had his way with Joy and, like, stabbed her and shot her to finish her off, which is really sad. I was thinking it the other way around. Oh, Joy first? I feel like he did everything to her while the parents were there. Maybe. Because, I I mean, I feel bad for saying it all this, but I feel like if you're going to stab somebody, like, go through that, you're going to want someone to see that happen because you, because you're, like, you have They're that, weirdos. Yeah, yeah, they're weirdos, and they and have that, that probably, that's, desire They're probably their, their other thing. Um, but Mr. Uh, Beavis described the bodies as being bound with pantyhose, several pieces of lingerie. Um, this was the 60s, so I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they were probably talking about, like, a slip or a teddy. Mm-hmm. A lot of women wore that under their dresses back then in the 60s mm-hmm. and 70s, even the 80s. Um, oh, God, I remember having to wear, like, a slip at church. Church, God, and those god-awful oh, pantyhose. pantyhose. Oh, God, I have, like, um, just, ugh. Yeah, my granny did not we, leave the house without yeah. a pantyhose. You did not show no. that leg, even though you still are showing I'm leg. pretty sure my Nana still does, day, yeah. And I just can't, that just, like, hurts my soul. But it was, like, pantyhose, slips, teddies, uh, a tie. They okay. were a tie. Anything Stuff that they could find in the bedroom. Yeah. I think he was just looking through the bedroom. He probably herded them. To the back of the bedroom and then just, like, looked through their drawers and stuff and tied them up. Yeah. But, yeah. He made it work, I guess. Um, and there or was... had them tie each other up, probably. probably. It's probably, probably controlled. There was literally no signs that someone had broken in. Um, there were two coffee cups in the living room where Mr. and Mrs. Smith had been drinking while watching the game. Smith or Sims? Or Sims, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so similar. I was saying that when I was doing research. Sims. Um... I think I just see the S and automatically want to say Smith. But the Sims. They were, like, drinking coffee as they were, like, finishing watching the game. Probably getting ready for bed. Those were still on the coffee table in the living room. Half drunk. Okay. So, probably fairly soon after they made those cups and sat down is when the person... They didn't even get to finish it. Um... Nothing was taken that uh, Norma could recall. And that was the only time she talked to the police. Mm-hmm. Was about, like, the house and stuff. And what, you know, that was literally the only time they talked to them. Um, not really any signs of struggle. Nothing was overturned. Nothing really was destroyed. It literally looked like somebody had just walked in the house, herded them to the back bedroom. That's weird. And no signs of them leaving. Which is it really odd. Yeah. Either these people knew the person or the killer stayed behind and cleaned up. That was one theory the cops had, is that he had enough time after before Norma got home. And if there was, like, a sign of, like, you know, a, a plant overturned or a, a dish thrown, kind of crooked. crooked, you know, uh, a chair overturned or stuff kind of moved around. Well, why would he spend this time cleaning that up? Like, what, what purpose does that serve? 
To me, it makes more sense that he just walked out the front door. To make it look even odder, even more mm. suspicious. Yeah, I could see it. Like someone knew them, even though possibly he didn't even know them at all. He could have been. Yeah. A, he could have been a drifter. But like, would he have just like knocked on the door and been like, "Hey, can I come in and use your phone?" Like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this was 1966, so that's not that. My car broke down down the street. Dude, if someone knocked on my door today, I hit the ground, okay? (laughs) I hit the ground, I pop open my phone app that has my camera to the outside, and I stare at the people until they go away. Yeah, and I saw several people, I cannot talk, and my dog is barking, she's on my nerves. Mm, Welcome to the podcast. Um, I saw several people... Mention it when I was doing my research, but this case truly does remind me of the book In Cold Blood. I've never read it. You'll have to. Add it to your list. It's going to creep you out. I don't know. I was I was 15 years old when I read it. Ooh, baby. Oh, great. Now a car alarm. Like, anything that can happen during this episode has happened. Has, oh, it has. We've had ghost experiences, Daisy. Baby, turn off your car alarm. How do they not? Yeah, how do they not hear that? Oh, is there two going off now? What is happening, y'all? Y'all are real big. If y'all make it to the end of this episode, y'all are real ride or die listeners because this has been a hot mess. But where was it? In Cold Blood, yes. Add it to your reading, it right it to your reading list. Books to read. I was a freshman in high school when I read this. My mom actually had to sign a waiver <laughs> so I could read this because it is really scary. It is really creepy. It is a true story that happened in Arkansas. It, Arkansas or Kansas? I'm sorry. I can't remember. I think it... I'm pretty sure it was Arkansas. It was like this really uh, farm town where like your neighbor's like 10 miles away you know, um, but I fell in love with it, it was, and don't take this the wrong way, I didn't fall in love with it because people died, it was just, it was my kind of, like, first look into, like, a true crime book mm-hmm. as a teenager. It came out the same year that this murder happened? Yes. That's creepy. It did, although it took him six years to write this. He started writing it in 1960. Yeah, it says it was published in 1966 yes it took him six years he was dedicated this he went to the town himself and interviewed everybody Mm -hmm. and um the people actually ended up getting caught and uh were executed um back then when they did that um but it was my first look and it was it was amazing and terrifying at the same time that someone could do something like this and just vanish yeah without a trace although in that book they ended up getting caught but at the time when he wrote it started writing it they didn't know yet Uh so it was like in the beginning of the book it's really mysterious and really creepy and he kind of writes it that way like they don't get caught even though they do and it's it was really scary it was really scary it was really scary and i was 15 so like stuff was scarier back then um loved it uh loved that english teacher she was one of my best friends mom uh, and she was our English teacher. I uh, loved it. It was amazing. So thank you. That kind of brought you back. Brought me. Yeah, it was a good little memory. Um, but nine days later, after this happened on October twenty second, so just before Halloween, if my math's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
day before Halloween. Um, Miss Sims would pass away in the Aww. hospital. Yeah. Um, she never regained consciousness, partly because of the bullets were lodged in the very back of her head. They never exited. They oh, were geez, both just like bouncing around back there. Yeah, they both lodged in the back of her head. Um, and the doctors were keeping her in a medicated coma, um, due to the severity. Mm -hmm. There was honestly nothing they could do, and they knew if she gained consciousness, she would just be in pain. And, um, she was basically in a vegetated state. That's sad. I hope that's not offensive to say, because that's literally how the doctors described it, but she was literally in, she had no brain activity, and they were basically keeping her coma and um just like everything so the machines were keeping her alive basically basically they made the decision to just take her off the life support and yeah it is really sad so she never got to give them a statement and Mm -hmm. you know she was the only one that survived it technically but yeah um get this though a neighbor later reported hearing screams but she didn't call 911 um why um it doesn't really say but she said it was around 10 45 11 p.m like somewhere before 11 p.m she heard screaming coming okay. from their house what time did the daughter get home i think like 11 30 ish 11 15 11 30 so that must have happened like so pretty was, fast. So was she hearing the daughter scream when she like found her parents? Or? It wasn't like oh, that's a good question. It didn't specifically okay. say. She just gave a report to the police the next day that she heard screaming around ten forty five eleven. Why did she 11. not call anybody? All I know is if I hear blood curdling screaming coming from my neighbors, yeah. I'm calling. I would rather be embarrassed. Oh heck yeah! Than my neighbors get murdered. So, I don't know. But that is literally all that I have for the gist of it. There were a few things, a few... There were some weirdos that tried to claim they... You know how there's always the people on their deathbed. They're like, I killed this person, you know? And they didn't. Yeah. And there was one. There was one criminal from Brevard County that on his deathbed, he said that he killed them. And his wife was trying to claim that he had told her like 20 years ago, like back in the 80s, like that's that he killed her. Something to- but they found out it was because there was a reward money. Mm-hmm. They found it was just because she just wanted the reward money. That's so nothing was ever creepy. Nothing ever came from it for a long time. They they even, like, drained a lake that was in town because they were, like, so sure that they were going to find the gun in, like, a lake, but there was literally nothing. They never found the gun. So, what do people think happened? Like, what's the popular, like, theory? Or is there is none? So, the most popular theory is that the pastor from the church that Mrs. Sims was the secretary of killed them. Okay, Why? Literally, I have no idea. Like, they didn't really go into detail like, about it. Was his family so perfect because she was having an affair with the pastor and the pastor got angry and killed him? It's just... I mean, that would be a good way that they would have to, like, they would let someone in their house, like, no if ands, or buts. Like, if your pastor knocked on your door and was like, hey, blah, 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 you would probably invite them in. 
Yeah, um... But at that point, too, would you not... Well, I mean, would you not offer them a glass of the co- a cup of coffee as well, too? I don't know. I'm thinking too much about this. I don't know. They're... I mean, it hit town so bad that, like, they didn't even do trick-or-treating that year. Oh, geez. They canceled trick-or-treating. The families were afraid to send their kids out because they, like... I kind of feel like they thought there was, like, a serial killer out there or, like, the beginning of a serial killer. It was, Mm -hmm. like, maybe it was, like, a drifter that drifted into town and, like, just happened to pick this family. Uh But it it literally rocked them and... I like the pastor option. That feels kind of fun. There wasn't, like, any evidence, though. Like, they interviewed him. So where did the theory come from? Probably nosy housewives in town that, like you said... (sighs) Probably had this idea in there. She worked at the church. She must be sleeping with the pastor. Uh, and he killed them in a fit of rage because she won't leave her husband. Which maybe. possibly. Which could be. Possibly, but they literally never found anything against him. And, like, even, like, I don't know if he's dead now. Uh, I feel like he probably But is. he never did anything. Else. Like, no crime, no nothing. He continued to beat the pastor. That's weird. But, yeah, there's no evidence, no nothing. <laughs> there Sorry. were, like you said, some people that wondered if Norma killed them. But, like, where's the gun? Where did she get a gun? The yeah. family didn't own a gun. It's just, I wish I had an ending to this, but there is uh, not one. There's not one. And, and the speculations, the conspiracies people had were literally just that, speculation. There was literally no concrete evidence. Mm-hmm. If this had happened today, the evidence would have been tested and we 100% probably would have found somebody. But unfortunately, that is how there were so many unsolved cases back then. They could not really do DNA testing. Yeah. And if they didn't, the person wasn't like Best you outright caught. Yeah. And blood uh, typing, but that really didn't give you that much information. But yeah, that is all that I have for this one. Did so you? what's your official theory? I honestly think that it was someone in town or a drifter. I feel that like just I don't happened know to this family, but I feel like somebody came to their house. They knew the person. They let them in, and they took them by surprise. I also feel the same. That's why I think it was somebody in town. Not necessarily do I think it was the pastor. I fe- I feel like that's just too like that perfect. Feels, yeah, that, that too, fits like, the weird. narrative way too much. That's what people probably want it to be. Yeah, I feel like that would be like a good book or a good movie. I something. feel like it was like maybe a young teen mm-hmm. that was confused working through some stuff had some anger issues took it out on joy the little girl mm-hmm. she was probably the intended target so maybe someone a little bit older than joy maybe norma's age maybe like 17 18 mm-hmm. and like when you do that to her you obviously have to kill the parents yeah. because you know Everyone's that's witnesses yeah. and he just that's how he was let in. So maybe like a neighborhood kid, neighborhood boy from That's the street. Yeah, someone that they all knew. <clears throat> yeah, a, a classmate of Norma's oh. that if they answered the door, the parents would be like, come in, wait here till Norma yeah, gets home or something. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of because nothing makes sense. And if it's just like a drifter, they're just one unlucky family. Oh, yeah. That got picked. But if they're like in the middle of the neighborhood, like... Oh, that feels weird. I feel like yeah, they would have had like, to, like, stalk them. Yeah, and they actually, uh, 
<coughs> sorry, a student from the university or the Florida State University actually made a film about it, a documentary. It was called Sixty Four Six Four One Mural Court, which is their mm-hmm. address. Um, and it actually won a couple awards and stuff. And it was made by Kyle Jones from the Florida State University. I just looked it up, so I gave you guys the right information. And what was the address? <clears throat> 641 Muriel Court. M-U-R-I-E-L Court. <coughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Like, my throat is not one to pronounce words or cooperate. Oh, the house looks very stereotypically... Suburban yeah. home. Yeah, it is. It's kind of got, like, trees all around it, though. Like, it's got, like, those mm-hmm. big, mossy trees all on top of it. Yep. Someone bought it this year or last year. Oh, Wow. Which, doing my research, you'd be surprised. There was a lot of people commenting from Tallahassee that didn't even know this case had happened. Really? So, which is glad, which is why I'm glad we're doing this case today. So, maybe more people will hear it and they'll know about it. Um, it really is sad that people can die like this and nobody ever know about it. So. I wonder, okay, so it sold for $185,000. I wonder if that's only because someone was murdered in it. Probably. People are sickos there are weirdos out there i mean it's a good i mean it's an average size house it was it's 1500 square feet three bedrooms two baths and it was built in 1955 i mean they had money he was a doctor and he was a state educator he was over Mm -hmm. like the state of florida but it is like legit like a little neighborhood home yeah 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 I mean, it's, God, people on my street are loud. There's a motorcycle outside now. I mean, I don't know. It's just like as stereotypical of a house as I could have possibly imagined. Okay, ma'am, you said you had a story or something that you can end with us. You said to remind you you didn't want a long intro. Oh, it really wasn't a story. It was just the fact it was a it was a case that I want to talk about. And okay. when you said steel magnolias, it reminded me of it because um, Grant, my one of my best friends, Ainsley, her husband sent me a thing like at one o'clock this morning <laughs> saying that there was a case Support. that he wants me to do. Um, and me find it. Grant, Grant, there he goes. It's Grant, you're getting a shout out. You should be so happy. Shout out, Grant. Grant gives me all my conspiracy theories. Ooh. Like okay. he is like my conspiracy theory person. But he said, I have a murder y'all should cover if you haven't yet. And we haven't. The owner of the Steel Magnolia's house in Natchitoches yeah. killed a Girl Scout after the filming of the movie and was recently released from prison. How did, How have I never nah, heard of this? I don't this. know I either, but he sent me <clears throat> the thing, the the. What, web like article. the girl was coming around selling cookies and he killed her? Um, he confessed to abducting an 11-year-old girl that came to his door selling school candy. He killed her and disposed of her remains and threw her bike in the lake. Y'all, don't be letting your and children walked, go to and he walked houses. out the day before my birthday, January 22nd, as a free man. This year? Mm-hmm, this <gasps> year. Y'all, do not he, be letting your children go to random people's houses. He was released at the age of 65, having only served 24 years. His early release participated by a loophole in the good time laws that See, Louisiana had. See, me and the Crystal time talk about how that freaking law is so dumb. You can murder yeah. somebody, and if you're a good little boy in prison, they'll let you so out. So, I really want to do it. 
I really want to do it. So I told y'all about it. So maybe that means I have to do yeah. it. And then he sent me another one about one in Laplace. And it was really bad. And I knew it was good because he sent me, like, the the actual, like, case. Like, the case oh, the, thing. Yeah. The, where it's, like, the state versus yeah. the person. And he was like, it's pretty twisted even for me. And I started reading it. And I had to stop because I was like... I need to get in the right mind space well, to Well, y'all, it. it'll probably be on the schedule because literally after we finish filming this, we are about to plan out the next two months. So, so y'all buckle yeah, up. It's going to be a fun time. It ain't going to be a great mental health time, but we do go have, to therapy. I'll go ahead and mention it. We do so y'all can get prepared for it. And we still need to, we're literally about to pick dates now. So mm-hmm. next episode, I'll have an actual date for y'all. But next month, so the month of May, I can't believe it's going to be May. I'm turning it's going to be May. May. I'm turning 28. Woohoo! At the end of it, it's crazy. Um, so is my husband. But, um. Y'all were babies. I forget. Yeah. And, uh. So for, month, for May's Twitch stream, I did a poll. So make sure you're following us on Instagram, Bayou underscore Chronicles, because we do a lot of polls and we, like, literally just straight up ask y'all what y'all want us to talk about. And I did a poll on if the Twitch stream, both ep- both episodes are happening next yes. month. It's just which was going to be a Twitch stream and which was going to be a regular week episode. Um, and I asked if you guys wanted the Sleepy Time Tea Cult, which shout out to TikTok for this. Yes. Um, I don't buy this brand anymore now that I, I've heard of this. I've never bought I used to, but I used to, they have really good lavender tea and like uh, chamomile tea, but after reading this and doing research and seeing all these videos on TikTok, don't ever buy Sleepy Time, or I said the Winchester House, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a folklore paranormal for California, and all y'all crazies want me to talk about the cult for the Twitch stream. Oh, of course. So be on the lookout for that next month. It'll I will have to work on it. Crystal's a busy woman, and that's why we're planning this out right we're now. Planning, and I we're also planning craziness a trip up. home to my hometown. So, so she can convince me to move. Yes. So, so everyone cross. We're your getting the band back together. Um, we're gonna have a she shed. <laughs> a she shed. I literally have already told Zach that I want a she shed by the pool at our house that we're moving to next year and it's literally going to be just the recording studio so it's going to be like when we stream we got the pool in the background and she wants me to put a house well actually it was zach's idea yes to put a house like right next door and yeah just walk to my she shed <laughs> hey beth you want to meet at the she shed it could be your record? work office too it thank could you be. it really think could it. be we could i could be working on podcast stuff while you're working <gasps> Mm-hmm. it'd be like i went to work every day Day, yeah gives you a little routine Aww. normal scene. i could walk out of my house walk 200 to feet shed. into the she shed. shed this is a dream this, this is, is every millennial couple oh my god i can't dream. even imagine like i would have so much i had you know. and then when you need a break just dip in the pool oh my god i could work by, by the, the pool, pool. <gasps> just need a really strong wi-fi and we're good get you friends that you want to make a, a commune a, with it's a cult don't don't even not in a bad way like the cult we're talking the sleepy Look, time tea we're talking about that's a cult every time i mention to somebody like yeah me and bethany have like this long-term plan just to live in like this area together and just kind of like 
let the boys come over when they want to and just kind of have like a garden and grow things and just basically live in this one place they're like oh so you want to make a cult and i'm like yeah i guess so but like we're not making anybody drink kool-aid or no anything, we're not telling you so. to worship anybody yeah. or give us all your money it's just you know screw capitalism and living it's easier to live together, together as a bunch of people, people than it is to alone live. right yeah. now it's crazy um, but that is all that we have for you guys today. I'm so sorry that we keep giving y'all these unsolved ones. I and just, long unsolved ones at that. Like, yeah, but like these cases really honestly need to be talked more about the ones that are solved because they're... Yeah, the unsolved ones, these are, who knows? This is scary. This yeah. is scary that somebody, think about it, could come into your home, kill your entire family, and never go to jail, never be found just on the run dust in the wind yeah. tumbleweed going across the screen um but thank you guys if you made it this long this was a hot mess episode our office is officially haunted yes. and five million car alarms and apparently my neighbor has a motorcycle now that i didn't know about <laughs> um but thank it you was guys a great one. yeah thank you guys um, for listening time for our daily affirmations you're great you're awesome you're amazing you're kind you're perfect in every way and drink your water take your meds brush your teeth brush your hair take, take a, a shower. shower love yourself first because you can't love others if you don't love you yes um yeah take care of yourself go out there and be an awesome human and i mean this in the nicest way have the day you deserve and i don't mean that in a condescending way i mean it in the way that make the day what you want it to be you need to deserve to have like you deserve to have a great day so have the day you deserve manifest that i agree get get you a manifestation journal i have one yeah they're great Alrighty, we will see you guys next week Bye. bye